0: the next United States heavyweight champion, Ravaging
1: Rick There's nothing in my dreams, Just some
2: ugly memories Kiss me like the ocean breeze Please welcome the newest members of the
0: Dangerous Alliance I'm Anderson and Larry Zalbisco!
2: Will be my lover
0: the world's greatest athlete and newest member of the Dangerous Alliance, the world's TV champion, stunning Steve Austin. Nothing
2: left alive but a pair of glassy eyes. Raise my feelings one more
0: time. Please welcome one of Sting's best friends and the little Stinger himself, ladies and gentlemen, beautiful Bobby Vitard. <laughs> a lineup, it's not an army, it's not a stable, and it's not a family. It's an alliance of businessmen who will bring WCW down to its knees. North-South Connection, welcome
3: to episode number 19 of the 7 Months of Danger podcast. I am your host, Sean Kidd, and I have my regular cast of mental patients with me tonight.
1: Jeez. Ah, ah, I came prepared this evening. So first up, Matt Sousa, how are you tonight? Uh, 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 mental patient number one here. Uh, doing well. Uh, hopefully uh, this episode is better than the uh, the last one as far as match quality goes, because it can't get much worse than a zero. So we'll see. You can only go up from the last episode. Well, I, I said mental patient
3: based on how we all felt walking away from the last episode, because I really felt... <laughs> I felt defeated and I felt mental, just like Scott Shiflet. How are you tonight, Scott? Doing great.
0: I was in uh, the Looney Bin with uh, Rick Flair when he became president of WCW.
3: Wow. Okay, uh, that happens in the future timeline of this pod. With Asia, because she's bigger than China.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
3: Okay, uh, Logan. Logan, how are you? <laughs> Logan,
1: how are you tonight? <laughs>
2: Patient eight six
1: seven five three zero nine here. Uh, no, I'm just Oh. <laughs> no, I'm good. Logan
2: Two-Tone. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I see what you did there, Susa.
1: Yeah, thank you. All right. So we are back,
3: and uh, we are here to talk. OK, uh, let's see. What timeline are we doing tonight? Uh, Chef, do your thing.
0: do 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 <laughs> Ooh, ba, do, da, ba, do, ba, All right. Alright. Right. We're gonna do it We're doing March, March March twenty
3: March twenty
2: first. Scott Anson over there.
0: We are doing March We are
3: doing March twenty-first through March twenty-eighth. God damn it. That's that's just sprayed me. All right. So we are going to start with our Meltzer notes tonight. We got a lot. We got three sections of Meltzer notes. So buckle in, guys. Uh, And we'll do the same way we did it uh, last episode, where I will give each one of you a bucket to speak on, and then we'll move on from there. So our first set of Meltzer notes comes from March the 16th, 1992. And Logan, you will be up first. So the March 9th television tapings in South Carolina before 3,500 fans Saw finally the debut of Steve, Dr. Delph Williams, and Terry Gordy as a tag team. They worked three matches that were taped, but none of them will air on television until May because they aren't coming in until June to work a program with the Steiners. God, the gimmick on television is they are going to say they aren't sure if they're coming in or not, and that the Japanese interests are trying to keep them from coming in. When they do arrive, they'll they'll be renouncing their Japanese. The, I'm sorry, they'll be renouncing their American citizenship. And talking about how great Japan is, and they'll both be built from Nagoya, Japan. Um, I was told they look phenomenal. Also debuting, holy shit, I don't know if any of you remember this guy, was JT Southern as a heel to feud with Van Hammer. Holy fuck, we brought someone in to feud with Van Hammer. Oh, my God. Ugh. Even though this program hardly promises to be a part of the improved wrestling product the downplay and downplaying gimmickry that they've uh, been so vocal about, the initial angle was done well. Southern did an interview and said that Van Hammer can't sing and can't dance, can't play guitar, and can't wrestle. Well, I'm already a fan of him. Um, And all the boys in the back were cracking up at the interview for obvious reasons. (laughs) Although, for all we know, he really can dance. As for Southern, well, I've never heard him sing, but he definitely can play the guitar. Anyway, after Hammer beat Steve Armstrong, Southern did his speech. And whenever Hammer tried to respond, Southern drowned him out by amplifying the guitar. So, Logan, any thoughts on that TV taping? We got... Gordy, we got uh, Williams, and we got JT Southern coming into the fe- feud with Van Hammer.
2: Yeah, it's nice that uh, Williams and Gordy finally came in. We've been talking about that for almost the whole pod, I feel like. Uh, but the fact that they don't come in until fucking June and their their matches have already been taped, but they don't air till May, is just, that's the most WCW thing I think I've ever heard. Um, I think it's pretty funny and kind of interesting that they're going to be, uh build from uh japan uh, i think that's a cool little heel tactic i guess that they could use at this time and uh since you don't give us timestamps for these matches i saw a good bit of jt southern actually and uh he looked like the uh blonde member of uh pretty deadly who's in nxt right now so uh he looked he looked pretty uh suave with his hair so um but yeah not not something that's gonna super excite me seeing them go uh, him go against fan hammer
3: all right i vaguely remember jt southern i vaguely remember that feud but uh I don't want to remember him ever again. All right. All right. Shift, you have this next block. So Kevin Sullivan was also at the television taping and joined a few with Cactus Jack at some point or team with him. I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, we're a little bit early on this one. Uh, Nikita Koloff worked as a face. I believe Johnny B. Bad finally signed his contract, which was for 156000 Missy Hyatt hasn't signed yet, even though they are pretty much reaching an agreement a few weeks back. And the bull drop in with Dusty Rhodes will be brought back as a segment, probably not on the weekly television,
0: but on the big shows. So, Chef, these are on you. What do you think? The bull drop in, baby. Um, yeah, Kevin Sullivan, like you said, that they tag team and feud in 94. I don't even think he comes in at this moment, does he? Uh, we will have a follow-up here on this one
3: in a little bit, yes.
1: Mm.
3: He does not, but we will talk about that in a second. So, All right, Matt, next one up. Uh, Again, they aired the post super brawl press conference, which looked interesting, although I'll bet nobody realized it was Nikita Koloff running around clotheslining everyone since it wasn't mentioned. I thought it was Jesse Ventura since they're both bald. Uh, Did you all notice Jason Hervey in the background maneuvering around so he could see the angle since people kept getting in his way? Uh, I hope Eric Bischoff gets his game show hosting job because he's just so annoying to watch on television. Uh, Matt, any thoughts? Because I know I, I for one, quite enjoy Nikita coming into a regular fight just sickling people.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I didn't realize it was Nikita Koloff either until I looked it up, so I mean, because they they don't even mention it was him. Like, I thought it was just some random bald dude just fucking lopping people's heads off with (laughs) clotheslines. Mr. Clean Uh, running in. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it it fucking could have been for all I know, so uh, that's interesting that apparently I wasn't the only one who thought that. Yeah. Jason Hervey sucks. I'm just going to put that out there. Mm-hmm. Indeed, he does.
3: Uh, all right, Logan, next set is yours. Kip Fry awarded Steamboat, Rude, Liger, and Pillman $2,500 each for being the hardest workers at the pay-per-view show. Uh, two of those uh, four deserve uh, shit. Uh, don't expect Scott Norton until the summer at the earliest, so uh, more Scott Norton news <laughs> here. Uh, expect Liger to return for the bash in July and great mood as a baby face of May, along with uh, Tatsumi Fujinami. And there is talk of Liger and Pillman as a team. So, Logan, any thoughts on this? Some of this does actually come true, actually. So uh,
2: Liger and Pillman as a team would be pretty sick. Um, uh, yeah, I think uh, he should have just given 5000 to Liger and Pillman on that and saved uh, the Steamboat Rude uh, money and doled uh, <laughs> that out elsewhere. Um, Norton, of course. Uh, the every It seems like every Meltzer notes we have something about Norton. So um, uh, Always good to see his name, even though he doesn't come in until 95. Um, and then, yeah, it's pretty cool for them to have the Japanese talent come over uh, at this point. I feel like that's a pretty big deal, so cool cool to see that that's going to keep going. All
3: right, and I do believe Liger and Pillman, both as a team, they are a tag team in that tournament at the Bash, I believe. I do believe, correct? Uh, or I, no?
1: no? I think it's, it's Liger and Steamboat, I think.
3: No, Steamboat's with Koloff.
1: Oh, really? Maybe it is Liger-Pillman.
3: Though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Liger and Pillman.
2: It's a great American Bash, right?
3: <laughs> yep. Yeah.
2: Yep. I'll look it uh, at it right. go to the next ones. All right,
3: shift next. <laughs> <laughs> next. Jesse Ventura may lose his football announcing gig with the Minnesota Vikings over his going back into wrestling. According to the St. Paul Dispatch, K Fan officials are uncomfortable with him working WCW. If that's a profession he chose, it doesn't coincide with our Viking broadcast. K Fan general manager, we have no interest in that. Doing the Vikings, if he's full time with them, WCW. Ventura said, "If he has to choose between the two, he'll choose wrestling." But seemed unhappy since he worked at the WWF's announcer at the same time he did the Tampa Bay Bandits radio broadcast.
0: Jeff, thoughts? I mean, this. I mean, wrestling still had the negative connotation at this time. I mean, if it happened now, people would be like, "Everything's fine," you know. But it's just people wilding out,
2: to be honest.
3: All right, Logan. Any
1: update on Liger Pillman?
2: Uh, they were, in fact, a team. They lost in the first round to Nikita and Ricky. Actually, so. uh,
1: that's what it was. That's where I get confused. Wow,
3: what a! And I think that's a pretty boring match, if I recall. I think that's, that's a, a pretty pick. boring show.
2: If I it's, a, it. a, it's a 19 minutes and 26 seconds. Oh yeah,
3: I believe there's I'm, a lot of those. That, there's a lot event. of those during that show for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the first
0: one that Watts took over, right? Uh, uh,
3: and thankfully, this podcast will be over by the time we get to that, so yep. we don't have to worry about it. All right. Uh, oh, uh, Matt, I say the best uh, Meltzer notes of this note uh, thing for you. Oh, uh, good. Freebirds gave a thirty-minute, seven-song concert after the Atlanta Hawks basketball game on three-seven at the Omni. It was well received, particularly because the band was really strong.
1: Why? Why would you do that to those poor Atlanta Hawks fans? Jeez. There's. This- There's no reason to do that to those poor Atlanta Hawks fans. They just wanted to watch basketball. They didn't want to see Michael Hayes and Jimmy Jam strutting their stuff, for Christ's sake. But Matt, apparently, was very well-received. I don't give a shit. I don't want to see it. All
3: right, well, we will see the Freebirds return on this podcast before it's over. So Jesus. I mean, they are
2: the Freebirds. What's your excuse?
3: Bad Street, Atlanta, GA! Apparently, somebody's dog agrees that they are very happy about the return of the Freebirds. Yeah. All right. That's We're what gonna...
1: the that's what the freebirds sound like in that concert. Whoever's dog mm. that was,
3: very well received, Matt. That's all I'm gonna say. All right, Meltzer notes, March twenty third. Uh, Logan El Higante still hasn't returned from Argentina after his mommy died.
2: Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? All right, uh,
3: Matt. Latest reports have Super Bowl pay per view. Hitting about a 0. .6 buy rate, which is far and away the lowest for any WCW pay-per-view event ever.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit on the last episode. They increased the uh, the pay-per-view price by, what, like 5 bucks. So, I mean, it could have something to do with that. It could also have something to do with the fact that Lex Luger was in the fucking main event and he doesn't care about anything.
3: All right, and uh, as Schiff is probably taking another ship break, so I am going right back to you, Logan. Uh, Jake Roberts is backstage during the taping. Uh, Scott Anthony said to come in using the ring name Scotty Flamingo, and Kevin Sullivan's return has been nixed.
2: Um, Jake Roberts is definitely interesting.
3: Uh, and that does happen.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, mm mm-hmm. The, scott anthony how did they come up with that name was that his name in the in like the that, or something like that, that that no that's
3: that's his name that's no, his,
2: scott levy's his name scott levy oh no name. so
3: scott i think that was his name in portland i want to say unless or it or was USWA. unless
1: it was a different person
3: no no it's him it was either uswa or portland one of those two okay. it might have yeah. been uswa i think
2: yeah i figured it was just another gimmick yeah. name but i've never heard that one so uh that's interesting, but maybe not for – I guess not for this run, but I, that's an interesting guide to come in for sure. And then know, who cares about Kevin Sullivan? All
3: right. Uh, all right, so we're going to move on to our uh, March 30th Meltzer Notes. So, Matt, WCW has a tentative card put together for the 517 pay-per-view show for Jacksonville. As mentioned here previously, the main event will be a 10-man war games match with the Dangerous Alliance versus Steamboat Sting, Nikita, Barry, and Dust, uh, Dustin Rhodes. The rest of the tentatively made-up show has, from the bottom to the top, Junkyard Dog versus Cactus Jack. Oof. Johnny the Bad versus Chip the Firebreaker. Ugh. Simmons, Simmons versus Hughes. Oh, boy. Bagwell versus Flamingo. And then they, and here they says Scotty the Body. Uh, Terrence Taylor and Greg Valentine defended U.S. tag team titles against the Freebirds. Boy. Van Halen versus JT Southern. You said Van Halen. Yes, I did. Van Hammer. My bad. Uh <laughs> Brian Brian Tillman versus Tom Zink for the light heavyweight title. Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner versus Fujinami and the other guy. Uh for the IWJB, <laughs> The WGB Other tag team. guy. Uh the underneath matches uh kind of sound like butt, to be honest with you. And uh there's already some question about these matches since Mr. Hughes and Van Hammer I'm out of action because they've volunteered for drug rehab though it is hopeful they'll be back in time for the pay-per-view show. So, Matt, any thoughts on uh, what is shaping up to
1: be uh, the War Games? Well, it, here's the thing. When you have a match that involves ten of your top stars, I mean, the undercard is going to suffer because of it, <laughs> just because like, all the good workers in the company are in that match. I mean, they could bring in a Liger or somebody just to fucking throw in there against, you know, nameless light heavyweight, but I mean, that's just the the fact of the matter is when you have a, a main event that's loaded like that, uh, the undercard is going to suffer. And boy, does it suffer. God help me if any of these matches really happen at Wrestle War. Boy, that show's going to be rough except for the main event. And no Vader, by the way.
3: Right. No bring
1: him in too. Like, why not? Yep. All
3: right. Schiff, next up for you. The new look television show for WCW uh, for Saturday night begins on April the 4th with a format similar to primetime wrestling the first show of that format was taped this past week and let's just say that there is room for improvement there's a lot of controversy over switching from the wrestling format to talk format for a show that is an 18-year tradition and built an audience with a wrestling format the major angles we switched to worldwide wrestling with the new format with jesse ventura starting on april 11th in this way they are basically copying the wwf where the major angles are run in syndication the cable shows a more talk-oriented format lots are repeating the key issues The syndicated worldwide shows will generally be taped on Friday nights because it fits better in with Ventura's schedule. The WCW show will have two or three fall main events and lots of of out-of-the-ring features and generally one major interview of up to five minutes to length per show. So any thoughts on WCW Saturday nights, which two formats?
0: I don't understand, as someone who grew up watching Raw and Nitro, I don't understand how people kept up to what the hell was going on with the storylines with all these Mm -hmm. shows, with syndication and everything. And it doesn't make sense to me, like, if they have, like, they should have just made Saturday night their lead one where all the angles take place and just replayed on syndicated ones. But they've always, they always wanted to copy WWF, and that's what they're doing, apparently.
3: Yeah, I will tell you, like, I mean, if you look at Crockett era, I mean, a lot of the angles they did, they switched between back and forth between their Saturday night and their syndicated. But WWF in the 80s, they did all their stuff on syndicated and they replayed it on primetime, so... That's kind of what I was used to anyway. So, uh, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting switch for where we're at here in the nineties for sure. All right, Matt, uh, big Van Vader will be getting the mega
1: push since he's headlining against sting for the month of April. Well, there goes that big Rick root title feud that we've all been talking about. So, uh, so, I mean, like, I guess the press conference that they had after Super Bowl was just meant to push what was eventually going to come at War Games. Because, like, if you watch that press conference, you would think, oh, Rick Rude's going to get the title shot against Sting. Like, that would be the logical thing. But nope, it's going to Vader, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. But it's just weird that they end up doing that press conference, especially when Sting and Rude have already been feuding. Like, you, you didn't really need that press conference to do anything.
0: Yeah, this is definitely odd. I'm sorry, because I've always wanted to talk about this. Um, because, like, Sting's title run here is, is strange. Like, he has, like, the stop-and-start feud with Rude, which you think that, that's the next logical step for Rude. And then you have, like, he feuds with Vader here. And then at Bash, uh, Bash at the Beach, or Beach Wild, whatever it's called, he has a match with Cactus Jack. Mm-hmm. And it's like... I know they were changing Booker's and everything then, but damn, at least could have given him Rude like a Clash match or oh. something. And they and it
1: was a non. I think Vader,
0: but Vader, Vader was in Japan,
1: I think in May
0: Yeah, but why heat him up so much now? Like you could here's, always just do it for Bash at the Beach. Just have Rude do it. Here's what. I, here's what
3: I. You want to hear what I think? This is probably what I'm thinking. I think when they did the press conference, they had no clue where Sting was going to go with his title reign. I don't think Vader was even in the equation at that point. Right. But... <laughs> um i think initially steamboat probably would have beat rude for the u.s title and then rude probably would have beat sting at some point and i think that's where they were going to go until they decided to get with vader and they got him on a long-term contract that's why i I
0: mean i I mean i will say the sting and vader matches i've always loved like oh yeah yeah they they found lightning in the bottle with that and yeah
3: I agree, but I don't think that was initially their plan. I think long-term, it was going to be rude as as world champion at some point. It's
1: just very weird in hindsight to watch all this shit. Yeah. And and like you said, that Sting Cactus Jack match. I mean, And that's a non-title match, too, so he doesn't even defend the title. It's just super weird. Yeah, it is. It's very weird. All right. uh, Logan, Scott
3: Steiner missed several shows this past weekend with the flu. Maybe that's why he had a butt match with freaking Austin in our last episode.
2: (laughs) Would make sense. Would make sense.
3: All right. Uh Schiff. Oh no. JT Southern debuted on television that aired this weekend. Wasn't impressive to say the most. Part of the problem was the Saturday television crowd was dead after the taping in the same building the night before, where they had a several hour show and maybe two live matches and the rest, openings, closings, and interviews. With Van Hammer out because he's in drug rehab, they are switching Southern to a program with the fucking
1: Freebirds. Bad Street Atlanta GA. Bad Street all USA that is a real who's who of suck
3: yeah that's really a, is. that is really bad
0: all right Matt why was w- WCW obsessed with like these rock and roll it's Southern because dude. they were trying to be hip
3: because yeah. they're southern they're freaking Southern that's why um that was always Vinnie Max thing right ah Southern territory down there right all right Matt expect Paul e to sign a new deal when his contract expires at the end of the month Ryan Pillman is out of action for a few more weeks with a back injury. He worked in Topeka against Brad Armstrong for the title for the 4-4 TBS show while injured.
1: Boy, it'd be a, a real rough, dangerous alliance without Paul Lee dangerously, wouldn't it? Uh, p- please resign. Don't don't go anywhere, please. And uh, maybe, uh, you know, speaking of uh, butt matches on the last episode, maybe that's why Pillman was sloppy as hell, too, because maybe he was hurt. Like that that would make his uh, uh, slop assness in the last episode uh, make much more sense. It absolutely would.
3: All right, Logan. Scotty Flamingo's wrestling debut should be the pay per view show. There's some talk of building to a gimmicky Missy versus Medusa feud, but no wrestling involved for obvious reasons like the physical well being of Missy Hyatt. Uh, Great Ludo will be in from 5 4 to 5 13, mainly working as a face on top team with Sting against Vader and Rude. Lots of cage matches upcoming, including shows with two cage matches Steiners versus Anderson and Neaton for the Straps and several of those cage matches.
2: Yeah, those cage matches could could be pretty cool. Uh, on the other hand, Missy versus Medusa is something where I'd rather have the ring collapse and then both fall through it. So um, wow, just playing.
3: I mean, I'd um, rather I'd rather see them in some other kind of match. But yeah, that's true. Oh that, that, boy, be,
2: that's semi valid.
3: Uh, <laughs> By the way, Eddie Eddie Gilbert got to enjoy both those women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. Scotty Flamingo uh, could be interesting uh, to have as a Pillman. Uh, opponent going forward but we'll see
3: it's so crazy to me in retrospect that raven freaking fought for the light heavyweight title in wcw
2: what about
0: me what about scotty flamingo
3: i don't know it's just, it's just <laughs> wild to think about fat fat pudgy tna raven was light heavyweight champion in w. it's just crazy to think. No. About. all right shift last note and then we'll get into our matches not confirmed yes. yet but word is that tom zink's steroid possession charge which somehow we must have missed was settled last week with a guilty plea which resulted in probation and a fine. And speaking of that issue, it's about time for phase two of voluntary compliance because, according to all sources, if there has been a decrease in use in this company, nobody has noticed it yet. Oh, Shocker. weird. Weird. Shocker. It has come to the point where these those who are wanting to voluntary comply start uncomplying to keep up with the other uncompliers.
2: Wow, that's a ma- that, that, was a, that was a mouthful.
0: That yeah. was a weird sentence. It like,
2: sure was. Jesus. <laughs> Any thoughts. We're pretty here? sure most of those aren't words. So, yeah. so uh, um, Chef, I mean, any thoughts
0: on steroid users continuing to be steroid users and Tom Zink being a steroid user? Well, I'm shocked that Tom Zink was a steroid user, but like, you know, we WW WCW wasn't hit as hard as WWF was with the steroid stuff. But, I mean, that just shows how like WWF, you know, I it kills me to say this was like the MLB and WCW was triple A. And then, you know.
2: That was a baseball reference, Sean. Oh, okay. Also, a Mexican rex- wrestling uh, uh, reference.
3: Yeah.
0: Hmm.
2: Yes. Oh
3: is, oh, is that the end of the comments? That's it.
0: Uh, they threw me off with their talking, so yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, <Yeah, so, laughs> one so thousand <shit>. pardons. <laughs> so, so shit, safe to say you're good, Golden Pony Boy. Pony Boy. That, I think that means yes. <laughs> is that That's an Outsiders reference? Outsider's that, reference? Was, that was I a, got an that. Outsiders yes. joke. Yeah. I got it. All right, so we're gonna yeah, be I didn't get part- it. Yeah,
3: well, it's a movie. Well, you, you don't, don't know to how to read, like Logan. Well, first off, <laughs> it's true. a movie. Fuck. Yes. All right, March twenty first, nineteen ninety two. We are going to Worldwide Wrestling. Our first match tonight is Big Josh versus Rick Rude in a non-title match. Uh, Paul is out with Rude, and tonight, gentlemen, we are fat, out of shape, country bunkin' bozos. Uh, swing and a miss. Yes, swing and a miss. Crowd is nuclear, and you can barely hear Rude. Um, I hate the Josh gimmick so much because I think Matt Bourne, as Matt Bourne, could have been more in in WCW 92. Uh, Tony admires Rude's body, which I thought was a little weird. Uh, Josh hits his butt drop finish early as he rolls out of the ring. uh, As Rude rolls out of the ring, Josh does a spot where he stands on Rude's back and does the Rude uh, swivel hit. (laughs) Then does the log roll, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, In return, later on, Rude does a hip swivel and hurts himself from all the work Josh had done on his back. Uh, In 19 episodes, Rude is so one-dimensional with his rest holds, and this match is absolutely no different. He finally hits the DDT. Josh later hits an atomic drop in a (coughs) belly-to-belly. In a belly-to-belly. He goes to the top rope, but Paul distracts the ref. Rude has a phone and gut punches Josh on the way down, hits the Rude Awakening for three. Um, I think Bourne was really good here, but the gimmick for me kills how good he really is in a lot of ways and taking him seriously as a threat. And for me, Rude continues to be like, the punch-the-clock 9-to-5 guy, he's just there punching his ticket. Um, I went two and a quarter on this, but it really was for Big Josh. So I will go to you, Logan. What did you think?
2: I actually really like this. I thought Big Josh uh, made his minutes here. Uh, you know, he's not somebody that's super featured in this uh, storyline at the top of the card. But um, I, I thought he was really good. Like you said, huge heat for Rude at, at the at the beginning. Uh, well Well-earned because of how boring he is. Um, can't say I hate watching Rude get, get his ass beat. Uh, he hasn't been my favorite person on this. So watching him get beat up is pretty cool. Um, of course, uh, big Josh comes out of the gates pretty hot. And of course, uh, Rude has to dull it down with a side headlock. Um, I love Josh standing on his back and doing the swivel. Like you said, I thought that was really funny. He does this bear hug at one point and like Rude falls back on, with, on his shoulders onto the mat. And it turns into like this weird pin it was ridiculous looking but uh def- definitely an interesting hold there uh because there's no there's nothing being done to his back at all it's just somehow a pin um i do love the you, you mentioned the uh, back cell and the swivel i thought that was pretty funny um and then Ruta bust out the ddt like you said so i said wow did, did he did a move uh that doesn't have the word lock at the end so good for him <laughs> um and i thought the use of the phone at the end was pretty nice he got uh, Josh comes off the top and he kind of hits him in the gut with it as he comes down. So I actually went two and three quarters. I really, really, really enjoy this one.
0: Mm. All right, Chip, mm. how about you? Uh, <laughs> I'm more in line with Logan here. I good really Lord. enjoyed this match. There's no good Lord to it. This match was pretty good. and um, Rudy was, Rudy sucked.
2: Mm. Yeah, but Josh was awesome. I know. Uh, that's, Josh that's I actually hits the because
0: wolf- Josh was good. Josh actually hits the whoopee cushion. Uh, I don't know if anyone noticed that. Yeah, uh, so he I would said use- that.
1: <laughs> Can cut the tension in the room with a knife.
0: <laughs> um, I actually have a note here that Sh- rude is still selling the back in parentheses. I'm sure Sean will hate it. I was right. Um, <laughs> Yes. And I did like how, like, after he hit the DDT on Big Josh, uh, Josh actually got his foot on the ropes and Rude Ru tried to lift him up and Josh, but he couldn't because of his back. And then we go to the ending shortly after that, but I went three stars. Jesus wow. fuck. That.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you sound so disappointed. My God. Uh, I I went two and a half on this. It was perfectly fine. Uh, like Sean, a lot of it was because uh, Josh was really good in this. But boy, I hate that gimmick. It's real tough to get past that gimmick when you so you bad. you know he's a good wrestler, but that gimmick just really holds him back. It's so stupid. Like you don't need you don't need to have this type of wrestler with that type of gimmick. It's just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, Josh doinks rude with punches in the corner. See what I did hey. there? Doink doinks. I thought that was a good joke on my part, a good line on my part. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, it was, it was born again, too.
1: Yeah, it was born again. You're absolutely right. At uh, uh, one point, Josh hits the, uh, the jumping asshole, which I, I think is uh, the whoopee cushion. Did you mention that, John? No, no. All right. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was perfectly fine. I went two and a half on it. Honestly, I feel like not a lot happened. It was just a perfectly, uh, solidly worked match. Uh, The finish was good with the phone, with the rude hitting Josh with the phone as he came off the with off came off the top. Easy for me to say. Uh, They didn't royally fuck anything up, but I didn't think it was uh, all that interesting, but perfectly solid at the same time. So two and a half. You know, quick question on Matt
3: Bourne. Like, if they had like just wiped out the whole big Josh thing and just had him be like Matt Bourne. Do you think he could have been a player in this feud against the Alliance?
0: He would have been Ron Simmons role where he started off as it. Yeah. Do you, think, do you think it would
3: have been Ron Simmons or do you think it would have been a bigger deal than Ron Simmons? I don't know about big. I think he would have been like a similar level. I don't know about bigger. Like I could totally see it. Like I think he would have been a good one to put in like a TV title feud with Austin or something.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something he'd be but, fucking better than Van Hammer, that's for sure.
3: Yeah, I just I, again, that gimmick just totally destroyed him, which is why he pro- that which is why he goes into the WWF where they make him a fucking clown and by the way, he's fantastic in that role, but right. anyway. <laughs> all right, uh, we're going to go to Saturday, the Saturday show the same weekend. Uh, and we have back-to-back interviews here, uh, which is very rare for this podcast, but I thought they were all interesting in some form or another. So, first one up is going to be with Nikita Kolop, because we still don't know why the hell he was out sickling bitches. Uh so Nikita is with uh Eric and he has said he's now rep- represents uh Lithuania. Uh they show footage of the press conference of him sickling all the members. Eric asks why he's here and what's his motivation. And then Nikita goes in his big long every which way but loose where he ever he goes, including wiping his ass, everyone asks him that same question. Uh he only wants to talk to one person, they know who they are. He basically flexes his arm and sticks his tongue out. <laughs> Matt.
1: What do you think of this shit Uh, This was a whole lot of nothing We still don't know why he's fucking here I'm going to have a heart to heart convo (laughs) He doesn't say who the fuck it's worth That was was a better Nikita than Nikita by the way Thank Mm you Uh, He doesn't say who the fuck the heart to heart convo is going to be with So we still have no fucking idea why he's here And it's obviously fucking sting by the way Of course it is What are they doing I mean, I mean, if you're a five-year-old child, you don't know. But if you're a human uh, uh, adult male like we all are, uh, you know who it's going to be. But uh, yeah, I mean, this this was this was a whole lot of nothing. Whole lot of shit, Chef. Okay, Logan. But no,
0: I was on mute. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Apparently, Nikita is from the Orient. Uh, <laughs> for-
0: <laughs> the world will would- know. This really hurts my throat. I'm <laughs> on oh, the Russian now, Lithuania because of the... There's a touch USSR. of Borat.
1: There's a touch of Borat in there. That
0: I just... in.
3: Hey, hey, let's respect NWA Crock and Roll guest, Nikita Kolov.
1: <laughs> He's as Russian as I am. He is not. And by the way, he, he has a... Dinner... To do his that steroids was the joke. I'm not Russian. <laughs>
3: uh, anyway, uh, anything else to add besides a really bad Russian
0: impression? He was Russian to do his steroids. Wow. <laughs> wow. Logan, how about you?
2: I, I'm proud, Sean, that you understood as many words as you did, because I put couldn't really I, I couldn't really tell what he was saying, because it <laughs> sounded like he had been gargling Drano beforehand. So.
3: <laughs> wow. All right. Okay. Yeah, so terrible interview here. All right. Yeah. Our next interview is Rick Rude. Uh, they show footage of Steamboat hanging Rude, which we will discuss in a match in a little bit. Paul says Steamboat <laughs> used to be a nice family man, but Rude got to him as he now as a bloodthirsty animal. And because of that, he will make a mistake. Paul Lee was awesome here again. Uh, Rude said Boat has turned the tables on him with his violence. He will have a new plan, and he does the same bye-bye with his bug eyes and kisses a camera. And uh, more coke has been snorted prior to this promo. So Mm -hmm. I actually thought this was a good promo. I love Paul Lee, and I thought uh, uh, Rude kind of being thrown off a bit on his game and having to reassess uh, the violence of Ricky Boat was pretty good. Matt, what did you think?
1: Yeah, uh, rude-looking, real bloodthirsty with all those headlocks he uses and all those matches of his, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, you can you could get a real uh, a cut, a bad cut from those uh, from those headlocks. Yeah. I mean, it, it was fine. I, like again, I feel like we say this every episode. Paulie stole the show here. Like if this was just Rick Rude uh, doing Rick Rude things, this would have been a lot worse. And uh, you know, uh, it was still a coked out Rick Rude promo, but not nearly <laughs> as coked out as the one from the last episode. So I mean, it, it was fine. He at one point mentions that the Titanic couldn't be sunk. I don't know what the oh the, the fuck
0: Hindenburg was... the Titanic <laughs> different things. Yeah, no. Yeah. Then he said like things don't go as planned. So that's what he was talking about. I yep. see, but it's it was, he was
1: just kind of rambling near the end of it. So, I mean, it was, it was okay. It was better than the Nikita promo, obviously, but yeah, still, still uh, no great shakes here. Paulie again, stole the show. All right, Sif. It was mid. All
3: right, Logan.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, I feel like Root says a lot of words that don't mean very yep. much. I feel like he says a lot of things and like, it doesn't actually mean or go anywhere. So it yeah. was fine.
3: So his promos are like his matches, is what you're telling me. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, all right. So we'll go to the worst of these interviews. Uh, Well, I don't know about that, but Austin. That's because Medusa spoke. No, well, uh, no, it's also because of Austin, too. So Austin and Medusa are out, and just randomly, DDP interrupts, and uh, Medusa, when he comes out, looks like she about shit her pants. Uh, (laughs) DDP cuts a promo on K. Allen Pry and babbles something about the KGB in Moscow. Uh, Doug Dillinger pushes him away and Austin brings up Larry and him and Buckhouse tags yeah. with Barry and Dustin uh, Medusa, by the way, I don't have a thing for this outfit, but she looks freaking hot as shit and sparkling black. Um, and they talk about in a few weeks on a new Saturday night show, uh, Austin and Z man will fight for the TV title in a two out of three falls match. Holy fucking shit. Uh, Medusa brings up Missy and insinuates that Missy is blowing and fucking the committee. Uh, I think uh, DDP made Austin look like an afterthought here. And, Again, I think the Coke was flowing again with DDP in this. So, uh Schiff, what did you think of this? I think Austin looks awful and comes out looking like an afterthought in this.
0: Yeah, I don't really know why DDP showed up, but um they did say that there, that they're Austin was talking about having bunkhouse matches against Wyndham and Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also called out Z-Man and said, Z-Man can't beat Austin, even with your steroids. There's
3: a little Nikita in that
0: one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then medusa basically called out missy hyatt for banging jim ross yep the whole c- fucking committee all right all over the place all
3: over the place all right logan
2: um thought it was fine again i didn't think he was too terrible but i, I did i did uh, get annoyed when medusa piped up so
3: all right just medusa another better me better keeping her mouth shut
1: mm-hmm. at least speaking wise yeah. uh susan <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know what the point of having DDP come out here was uh, to ramble about Kip Allen Fry. So everyone, basically, they everyone were hates that guy.
3: They, <laughs> was, God. they were starting a feud
1: between him and Fry on the Saturday night show. That's what mm-hmm. this was about. Yeah,
2: yeah that was very That's, weird how he was yeah. out there.
1: That's yes. fine, but why do you need to interrupt Austin to get that point across? It's just sure. like, are you trying to make it like DDP's a loose cannon and he's gonna come out to the ring whenever he wants? It? It's fucking DDP in 1992. This isn't 1999. DDP. Let's let's simmer you know down. Why? A because here. Austin in '92 is butt. That's why. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I guess I guess it, it did make it more <laughs> notable than having Austin ramble on incoherently, but uh, it, it didn't fit what they were trying to do here. It's just super weird. All right.
3: So the last one, and I know this just for to give some context to this, um, because it's kinda, you know, heading into war games. So Sting and Vader. So we see tape videotape of Vader attacking Sting after a match. Uh Sting hits Vader with a chair, which doesn't fade him, uh phase him, but Sting goes up top anyway and gets killed with a power slam after jumping off the rope, which in my eyes made Sting look like a fucking idiot. Uh Vader then kills you hate with, Sting. Well, no, because he's an idiot. Uh Vader You're then an kills idiot. You're an idiot. Uh, Vader You're then, an so, idiot. By the way, Vader... <laughs> <laughs> He's
2: an idiot. <laughs> that was a Grinch stole Christmas tree. Hey,
3: yes, it was. <laughs> Vader. God damn it. Vader. Sorry. It's okay. Vader then kills Sting with the chair, and does the second road splash. Uh, the face is finally running to save. Sting comes out to do an interview, says there is fear in Vader. Uh, there's He has fear in Vader because Vader has more to give. Uh, but he's the world champion though, and he thrives on fear. You better take him seriously, and then he howls like a tool and sells nothing that Vader did to him. <laughs> and then you have Vader and Sting rivalry for years to come, and it all started here with this absolute butt shit promo from Sting. Uh, Schiff, anything on this?
0: Uh, yeah, as we talked about like earlier, it sets up this random Sting and Vader feud, which comes out of you know left field. But also, we see a little bit of the chemistry. The great chemistry, I believe, let Sting and Vader have, and uh, we see it off the bat here. And this sets up Vader as a legit monster, with like, you know, the franchise, the lead babyface, the world champion, and he beats Sting's ass.
3: Yeah, sets up our savior Vader to get uh, the title off of this fucking idiot of a freaking champion, uh, Souza. <laughs> wow,
1: idiot of a champion, huh? Uh, I, I really like the brawl. I thought the brawl was really great. Vader no-selling the chair shot, catching Sting off the top of the power slam. I thought that was all great. Uh, Vader just beating the bag out of the world champion. I think it, it makes him look like a badass. And uh, he's going to kill Sting, you guys. I think that's what that's what they were trying to get across here. And uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't remember much of the promo except Sting's eyes. He, he, looked, he had the Rick Root cocaine eyes he going. He sure did. And I good. mean, it, it was. A, I do remember him saying that uh, he might have fear in his eyes, but he drives on fear. He drives on fear, you guys. So, mm. but yeah, I, I like the brawl. The promo was whatever.
0: Yeah, to be honest, I think I took a phone call during the interview and never went back to it. But you're a big Sting Mark, right? Yeah, Man, I am. Sting. sting was calling him. All right. He was. We were talking about oh, okay. our weekend plans.
2: Yeah. I think he was telling Scott he does this and he does that, so wow. um, he's as quick as a cat. Um, and anyways, uh, yeah, the brawl was pretty awesome. Seeing Vader kind of chuck Sting around was pretty great. Um, and yes, uh, Sting never blinked through that entire promo as his eyes were coked out of his mind. And uh, I'm I'm actually doing a uh, 1993 watch right now. And oh, fine,
3: why would you for
2: fun?
0: Oh well, my just, god!
2: Just because that's when, just because that's when uh, Raw started, and I'm kind of working through all the TVs. And Do you stuff hate like yourself? <laughs> yes, a little bit. Um <laughs> yeah, I I, have I, all I, this time. Relatable. I, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> they're feuding in '93 where I'm at, and they have the exact same promo about fear, and it's all about fear, and it's uh, that, that's that's White the, Castle of fear. Yeah, 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 yeah. everything. Hey,
0: that goes, match is awesome. It is.
2: Yeah. Everything it. is about fear. So it, it really struck that, like, they were doing this now and then they did it the very next year as well. So. I'm,
0: I'm more
1: of a fan of the Red Robin of fear. Mm. Yum. Mm-hmm.
3: I like myself some Red Robin. Yeah. In this basket, fries, what up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So we are going to go to our second match of the Tune evening. in
0: next week for our Rockin' on Robin as we go with the <laughs> Red Robin.
2: <laughs> are we, are we going to review uh, Rockin' Robin's? Uh, National Anthem. No.
0: no Negative three
3: fries.
2: All
3: right. (laughs) If you're killing me tonight. All right. With brotherhood. I'm never going to get to my 4 a.m. flight today. I'm just saying. All
0: right. Second match. This sounds like a a you problem. Second match of the evening.
3: Jesus Christ. All right. Bobby Eaton and Larry Zbysko in a rematch versus the Steiners from the 15-second debacle we saw in our last episode.
0: Uh, And by the way. Five stars.
3: And by the <laughs> it was actually. Um, no, not not five stars, but how shift was made. Uh oh gosh. By the way, it doesn't come up <laughs> one the fifteen second match doesn't come up once that this is a rematch, by the way. I don't know if you caught it. They didn't mention it, not one time. Because
1: this was probably taped like three weeks before
3: that match. Hey, so this is where I might catch a bunch of shit because I love this match. So Scott hits a stiff elbow and a fall away slam on Bobby. We get told we have Rude versus Bagwell coming next week, guys. I know that excited you. Uh, which will be the last match we watch tonight. Uh, Rick hits Bobby with an amazing clothesline outside off the raping. uh, Off the raping. raping. My goodness. Good Lord. Bobby. (laughs) Rick hits Bobby with an amazing clothesline outside off the apron, causing uh, Larry to lose his shit. Um, And then he clearly yells that Rick sucks. Uh, Bobby gets hit with a tilt-to-whirl suplex. Larry gets destroyed with a Rick Steiner line. He then taunts Medusa, Rick Steiner, by thrusting his dick at her. Scott does a backflip out of a double elbow hold, sending Bobby and Larry right into a top road Steiner line from Rick on both of them. Bobby tries to jump off an apron on Scott, but is caught on an overhead suplex by Scott. JR says this is Bobby's second grease deposit on the floor, which I thought was a great line. The end comes after a short time um, of Scott taking heat, and all four are fighting in the ring. Medusa gets in the ring, and Larry charges Rick and pushes him right into Medusa, causing her to eat shit to the floor rick does a belly to belly and larry goes to the top rope and does a bulldog for three dude i love this match i mean probably i don't know why i just thought the steiners looked amazing in this and i thought the uh heels took an absolute shit kicking i thought it was a really good finish and uh first kind of signs here maybe a stern uh the sensor pot a little bit in the alliance i went three stars i love this match so uh matt i'll go to you what did you think
1: yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm with you. I, I went two and three quarters on this. I didn't go quite go the three. But uh, yeah, I thought this was a ton of fun. Uh, was there a light bulb out above the ring? Because I, I feel like the ring seemed
0: uh, more dimly lit than usual. That was to- just when Rick and Scott were in the room. Oh,
1: no, I, I think it
3: was dimly lit because it was it was it was it was looking at the funeral of Larry and Bobby in this match. So oh they,
1: well, yeah. you know that that makes perfect sense. This was a wake, is what you're saying. Yes, um, it might as well have been because they got destroyed. Uh, <laughs> at one point, Steiner drove Larry upside down into the buckle, and that looks real rough. <laughs> like, don't they understand that Larry is like 55 years old? You can't do that to a man hey, like
3: that. Listen, I will say this: you got to give Larry props because he takes an absolute shit kicking in this match
1: oh no he totally yes. and I think that's partially why I went high on this match was because of the beating he takes like it's one thing to lose in 30 fucking seconds to these guys but to get your ass beat for 10 straight minutes from both Steiners like it's it's damn impressive and then to eat the pin at the end which again is now uh, Larry's job which at this point is a good spot for him so kudos to him I mean just get pinned every week it's fine so uh, I enjoyed this like Sean did I thought the Steiner this was really uh, the Steiner's were kind of just toying with them at points like it, it almost reached squash territory especially near the beginning of the match so i i just enjoyed it for that because i'm a steiner's mark so uh two and three quarter for me on this all
0: right uh Schiff. oh this match is awesome um there's no in between about it i think it's i love when uh the steiners just beat the piss out of people and uh like scott just is beat like the da got no offense like the first like 10 minutes of this match, and I think the match goes 12 minutes. Um, like I love when Bobby tries to go outside and Rick just hits him with the Steiner line, it, it was awesome. And then, um, Rick had Larry in the headlock and just drug him around the ring and loved it. And like the, they tried a double team, and Scott flipped out of the double team, and then Rick hit a nice double close on from the top rope. Uh, I wish you know Larry tried a pile driver and then Scott flipped him over. <laughs> And it was just like, oh my God, I went two and three quarters. This was awesome. Um, And we start seeing uh, Larry fuck up again because him and Medusa run into each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Logan, I imagine you would like this match
3: because Medusa eats shit. So I don't know. Mm -hmm.
2: A big fan. Yeah, absolutely. A big fan uh, of that one for sure. (laughs) Um, But uh, nobody nobody uh, talked about what Medusa was wearing for this. So I have one. Um, She was wearing what appears to be a sequin jacket with other countries flags on it. So she was. Oh, uh,
3: I think there's a very international. I think think there's a reference to the same jacket she wears in another match that I (laughs) think that so I think I make my reference on that one, to be honest. Yep. Okay. Same. Yeah, same, same, yeah. same.
2: <laughs> yeah. She does wear it in another match. So, uh, but I, I made it here. Um, but, uh, f- I felt like during a lockup early, uh, Eaton tried to sneak in a couple of like shoot real punches and Scott wouldn't have any of that shit. And he, ca- he kind of responded back with two really stiff punches and an elbow straight to his head. So, uh, a little bit, a little bit of shoot action. It felt like going on there early, um, Eaton's kind of, Eaton and Larry kind of stall a little bit early, and I, I made the note that I thought Scott looked really pissed, and he was like, you know, like, he was, he would have he yelled at him and said, come on, man, get in the ring! So, um, but there was a belly belly on the floor that I thought was awesome. Uh, like you said, Medusa gets run over, so that's good. Um. <laughs>
0: that, that's good.
2: Uh, <laughs> my, my thing with Bobby, now, why does he do anything that's not the Alabama jam off the top rope? Like, that's his finishing move. Why would you not hit it if you're because going to because
3: Because Schiff got tired of it.
2: I guess that's true. He <laughs> <is> a, <yeah. laughs> right. Retroactively, he, he did it because Schiff would be pissed. Right. Oh, don't worry. It's coming. 30 years later. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't hit it at any point. He hits a knee. At, no, he the does. He does
0: there's one
3: match where it looks like he hits it. I don't know. There's a match coming up where he hits. it looks like he hits a knee, but it's not really a knee either. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. But anyway
2: yeah but very, very hot finish uh i, I, I thought uh, rick looked really awesome hitting that uh, big bulldog at the end so i went two and three quarters as well
3: all right so i went three everyone was two and three quarters so what was the rating on that one
2: uh 2.8 <laughs> <laughs> 2.81 you don't we have to do that every time. Just do it when I ask you to. I mean,
3: he, he, Schiff, you can if you want. It makes me laugh every time you do it. So If
2: it makes Schiff happy, yeah, let yes. do what you want to do, Schiff. Thank
3: you. All right. Uh, all right. So we're going to move to March 28th at 92, and we're going to pro. And we have a singles matchup of Ryan Anderson versus Ricky Steamboat. So Anderson attacks Steamboat from behind. Uh, there's a chop. Ricky comes back with a bunch of chops and Seguri into an arm bar. Paulie yells at Ricky from uh, ringside. Arn hits a nice belly-to-back suplex after throwing Rick into the turnbuckle. Steamboat comes back with sick chops. Then Arn gets a chin lock um, and forearms Ricky to the gut. Uh, Steamboat is very aggressive in this match. Um, Arn pulls Ricky outside by his tights. Uh, Steamboat kicks Arn into the turnbuckle. Then there's a neck breaker. Uh, then uh, Steamboat eats a, a Steamboat eats a, a pair of knees on a splash attempt. Arn then hits a spine buster, then taunts Ricky with a karate bow. Uh, Steamboat comes back with an atomic drop. Arn rebounds in the turnbuckle, and then they knock heads. Um, Arn goes up top but leaps down and goes into a sleeper, and Ricky throws him into the corner. Um, Ricky uh, goes back, comes back with chops, does a backdrop, then does a top rope chop. Paulie comes up on the turnbuckle, and then Steamboat throws Arn into Paul. Um, and it's really cool here. So as that happens, Arn falls out as Paul falls in, which is really timed out really, really good and looks fantastic. And the crowd goes absolutely batshit. Uh Paul begs off on Ricky, but um, Ricky does an atomic drop and a chop, which is amazing. Um there's some amazing fire from Steamboat. Rude comes out with a chair. The ref grabs a chair, but then there's a need to there's a need Steamboat's back. Um Rude takes the gi and wraps it around Rick's uh, takes wraps it around Rick's Rick's uh, throat. Um he goes for the Rude Awakening, but uh, Rick backflips out of it. He chops Rude and then he wraps the gi around Rick Rude's neck and he tosses him over the top rope and hangs him. The crowd absolutely loses its shit. Finally, RM breaks it up. Um, What a freaking hot match this was. Hot angle, hot crowd, um, and just so odd on a syndicated show. But my God, this was great. I went three and uh, three-quarter stars. I could probably be convinced to go four, But this is absolutely an out-of-nowhere freaking match that I absolutely love. Schiff, what did you think?
0: I agree with you, Sean. Um, This was awesome from bell to bell. I love how Anderson jumped in beforehand. And um, they did a double reverse Irish whip spot into a, into a turnbuckle, which I thought was nice. Um, you don't see that a lot. but um, And it shows how Ricky's starting to get, like, uh, ferocious. Like, he rakes Arn's eyes. He hits an arm breaker and, and like, mm-hmm. you know, work, works him over and almost gets a five count. So he's starting to, you know, the, the DA's starting to break him. Um, Arn plants Steamboat with a nasty spine buster, and Arn even says it's over. Um, and then arnest a steamboat cracked heads, which I guess like you see that a lot in the past two episodes with how many times, like, I guess that's like the new thing they're doing. Um, I was shocked to see Paul get involved. Uh, you know, I thought the first time Paul really got involved and stuff was like when, um, I know it's probably wrong, but when CM Punk had a match with him with Curtis Axel and, them um, uh, like 10 years ago now, but, um, and then like just the ferocious like Rude in part where they're they're choking each other with a belt like Rude was choking Steamboat a belt trying to Rude Awakening and then Steamboat flipped out and was actually choking him and and hung him over the um the ropes and um but like and even Arn tried to attack standing tall I went four on this uh, I included like the post match angle as well in my um, review so I I just went the went the full four.
3: All right, I could probably go for two, but I'll wait and see how everyone else plays out. Susa, what'd you think?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go the full floor on it too, uh, this match was fantastic, uh, just a great pace, uh, you know, like Schiff mentioned we're seeing a side of Steamboat that we haven't really seen all that often, where like he's raking Arn's eyes, he's choking him he's, he's fucking had it with the Dangerous Alliance, and he's gonna do uh, whatever it takes to get rid of him, he's reached his breaking point, and I think we're starting to see that with him here uh, at, at one point Arn hit the spine buster and Steamboat did an awesome job, like he was like basically convulsing on the I thought that was fantastic. So just a great match. Uh, Paul's interference. I think it's one of the rare cases where interference was good and it made sense. Uh, the crowd was red hot for this. Uh, Paul takes an atomic drop in this match and him selling that was fantastic. So, yeah, it's it's awesome stuff from everyone here. It's, it's definitely a top five match that we have watched uh, for mm-hmm. this pod. So I was originally going to go three and three quarter, but talking through it here, I'll go the full four on it. All right. Line me up for four 2 Logan.
2: Yeah, I went for as well. Just absolutely hot out of the gate and it never really stopped. Just a master class of how to work, how to, how to have a great uh, TV match. I think they did everything that they needed to do. There was constant energy. Both guys w- sold their asses off kind of like Matt was saying. Steamboat sold the hell out of that uh, spinebuster. Um, they didn't really lay around in rest holds uh, for minutes at a time like we're so used to with rude and uh, some of, some of steamboat's matches are kind of that way too, but um, but yeah, the, if they would locked in a rest hold, it meant something. They were wrenching it in the whole time. So um, yeah, just just a great great match on on a pro episode, which you wouldn't really expect like this to be on mm-hmm. pro. May, maybe on the Saturday show, but yeah, this is just out of nowhere, really good. So yeah, four for me as well.
3: All right. So another really great hidden gem. So go out of your way to go see this one. If you guys have not seen this match, this match is absolutely fucked. So uh, four stars from all of (laughs) us on this one. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So we will go to worldwide wrestling also on three twenty eight. This is our fourth match and we have a stunning Steve Austin TV title match. I wonder how this will go. Um, this time he's taken on Rick Steiner. Unlike, uh, this he took on Scott Steiner in our last episode, so it's against Rick. So Medusa is out with Austin. So this is where she's wearing the same jacket we had referenced earlier. Matt,
1: what did you say on this jacket? Uh, I said that Medusa is wearing a jacket so ugly that I have no words or funny quip to describe it. <laughs> all right, and Logan, what did you say?
2: Uh, it looks like a sequin jacket that has like all the country's flags on it. Like, it was very international. All
3: right, for me, I thought it was an R2-D2 jacket because it looked like R2-D2 <laughs> signed oh, on the front man. of R2-D2. <laughs> That's what I went with. All right. So there's Matt wrestling to start. Uh, Rick absolutely destroys Austin with a Steiner line that hurt me watching it. Had a, and at ringside, there's actually a little kid that goes up to Austin's face outside, making sure he wasn't dead. Uh, Austin gets clobbered with a power slam on a reversal. Uh, Steiner uh, gets a suplex, and then Rick is thrown outside. Uh, there's an axe handle off the uh, apron on a Medusa distraction. Um, and then Austin drops Rick onto the guardrail. Um, the, the heat is short-lived as Rick hits another power slam inside. Uh, does a top rope bulldog. Uh, Medusa runs in to stop the three. Uh, and then uh, climbs on <laughs> Rick's back and is uh, aggressively thrown off. So I'm sure Logan Lebac has Medusa, once again, eats shit. Uh, <laughs> Paul from behind with the phone. Scott in. Punches Paul. Again, Paul takes a, a hit beating again. He grabs the phone in the hills the b- b- bail. So we got the DQ. So Rick. Was really really awesome here, uh, much better than his brother Scott was in a TV title match. Austin, what he was, what he always was, he was not good here. But I did enjoy this quite a bit. And again, it's kind of like we talked about Born um, in our last, in, in our earlier match around uh, how he made Rude look good and why we enjoyed that match. That was this for me with this match because of uh, Steiner here. So I actually went two and a half. I actually was very very entertained by this match. Uh, Schiff, I'll go to you. What did you think?
0: I don't think me and you watch the same match.
3: Well, that's what
0: I'm saying. So whatever. <laughs>
3: I enjoyed this match. I don't know how you like that freaking Steiner match and the Scott Steiner match, but you didn't like this one because this one's way better. So
0: I did not like this match at all. Well, um,
3: well, then you might have your matches confused. Maybe you got the wrong Steiner brother mixed up. So
0: no, this is Bigot Steiner, right? No, you know, yeah, I yes, think yeah. I think you got confused. Not Shoney Steiner. This is Bigot Steiner,
2: right? I mean, I probably think they're probably both big at Steiner, but yeah, I know
0: the just, one that's on the record. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. I, I enjoyed some of this match. I just I was expecting more, to be honest, and I think that's what uh, made me low rate it lower. I went one and three quarters. Um, oh my god! You're fucking nuts, man. Okay, um, I also watched this on three hours of sleep, so you know,
3: <laughs> well,
0: hold it against me.
3: Uh-huh. I'm glad. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you take your work seriously. That's great.
2: I'm um,
0: okay. not paid by the hour. Uh, <laughs> um,
3: listen go go listen while you play.
1: <laughs> There's a joke somewhere in there.
0: Uh-huh. Go screw you. Ah! <laughs> I forgot the name of the show we did with Battlestar. Go watch Battlestar. Um but I will say that Austin attack rigged. <laughs> And someone said get him asshole when he was attacking him on the outside, which made me laugh. Um, I will say I'm shocked how much uh Rick lay letting me hit like the top rope bulldog. For some reason, I just thought that was his finishing move at the end of WCW, not when he was uh doing it solo, you know, early in the in the mid uh in the early nineties in WCW. Was that his finishing move, Sean? On uh cause we haven't got there on Crock and Roll, which has been relaunched of okay? No, no, But no, um, not was even. that his finishing move? no
3: ben? no it's the steiner line and the belly to belly the belly, okay. belly was his primary okay interesting
0: so. yeah i went star in three quarters sorry just wasn't really feeling it
3: yeah i remember the belly to belly because i was stunned that you know because magnum that was magnum ta's finisher and it was a big deal that he was using it back well then. he wasn't gonna use it mean, <laughs> that's so, true that is very true uh logan what you think of this
2: match yeah his spiner was steiner lined out of line so my goodness. wow
3: <laughs> that wasn't even me that said that that was that was very well very well done logan <laughs> uh,
2: i i also went two and a half like you sean um i love all the tiny kids coming to console austin after at the railing after uh rick steiner absolutely clotheslined the shit out of him um this was definitely the better of the two steiner versus austin matches uh, Rick is definitely better and uh, a little bit more experienced part of the team at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely had a little bit better uh, grasp on what he was doing. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed this one better than that one, but it was still, you know, the Austin awesome, still kind of keeps disappointing. So but there's that. So, yep.
1: All right, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I I went two and a quarter on it. It was fine. I mean. <sighs> It's another one of these, like, rinse-repeat TV title matches for Austin. Like, big move, rest-hold, same thing over and over again. Then you get a, you know, uh, challenger hits the finish, in comes somebody for the DQ. Like, it's it's the formula TV title match, and it was fine. It was probably a better one of, these, of those that, that we've seen out of Austin, probably because of who he's in there with. But I think... overall, it's basically the same match that Austin's been having really since we started this podcast when he's to when he's uh, defending the the TV title. Like you can change the challengers, but overall, the match formula and structure is pretty much the same with all of them. So uh, I'm kind of over it. I'd like to see him switch it up a bit. So, uh, yeah, I'll I'll go two and a quarter on this.
3: All right. Logan, what does that bring us
1: to? Two point two five. So.
3: Four title matches in the last two episodes, and three of them have been DQ. hmm Wow. And then the other one was against <laughs> Van Hammer. So, all right. Uh, all right, March 28th, we are going to the Saturday Night Show. We have yet another Rick Rude interview. Uh, Rude is out oh, with Paulie. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, I like to track these cocaine uh, Rude promos. Uh, <laughs> Rude and Paulie out with Eric. Uh, Rick talks about uh, April 12th. I'm sorry, uh Paul Lee talks about April 12th, there'll be a Steamboat versus Rude match at the Omni. Um, he said Steamboat is coming for a title like the Orient Express. And Paul Lee uh, says the Orient Express is going to a lot of different places. Uh, but then he brings up a thing around, there was a mur- There will be a murder on the Orient Express, which I thought was really great kind of going back and saying, they basically, we're going to murder Steamboat. So I thought that was pretty well played. And then Rude starts rambling. This one, not so great. Uh, again, more cocaine. He can't change the past, or his plan blew up on him uh, because Rick tried to hang him. Uh, Steamboat can't alter his future, In the Omni uh, Steamboat's future is whatever uh, Rude wants it to be. He says, "See you Sunday," and he kisses the
0: camera. Uh, this promo for you was kind of probably the worst out of the bunch. Uh, Schiff, what did you think? You forgot that Rude said that Steamboat tried to choke the last breath out of his ravishing body.
3: Yeah, I just I, just
0: I just said he brought up I just said he brought up he choked him. I didn't. I checked out because. Also,
3: this this, man,
0: this interview was—you uh you missed some important parts. Oh, I did. What, what rude said? If you wanna hang out, you gotta take her out. Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. If you wanna get down, down on the ground, cocaine. She don't lie. She don't lie. She don't lie. Cocaine. <laughs> Scott <Logan>.
2: Clapton,
1: everyone.
0: <laughs> Logan.
2: Bye-bye! I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it was... He fun. did not do bye-bye in this one. Uh, yeah, this is the one he didn't do bye-bye on, so yeah. it was definitely worse for that uh, mm-hmm. and that alone. Alright, Matt?
1: What the fuck was Rick Rude talking about during this promo? I have zero <laughs> fucking idea. He was like, talking about the future, and he had to change the past to get to the future. I don't know what he was talking about. Jesus, but. fucking multiverse Rick Root over here, for yeah, Christ's call, sake. Called call Doc Brown to go back to the future. Good He's God, concerned. like... Uh, there's such a difference between what Paul Heyman does in these, pro- Paulie dangerously does in these promos, and what the wrestlers do in these promos. It just shows you how, on another level, Paulie was talking because yeah. Rude fucking sucked during this. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, he, he yeah, he was. This is probably the worst out of the ones we've talked about the last few episodes for sure.
2: All I mean, right, it's kind of because he sucks in general, but yeah. he, he, he really does.
3: Contrary to what some people yeah. think.
2: All right, fifth match.
3: You can just say my name, Sean. Oh, no, Susan liked them on our last episode, too. She
0: don't lie, she don't <laughs> lie, she don't lie. <laughs> okay.
3: Guy likes one match. <laughs> All right, our fifth match tonight, six-man tag team action. Again, Aaron Anderson, Bobby Eaton, and our favorite, sunny Steve Austin, versus... Oh, boy. Junkyard Dog, PN News, and Brad Armstrong. Oh, so, gosh. on paper, this looks like it could set up for a big shit fest of a disaster. So... Uh, Logan and Matt, did you do anything for Medusa on this one? I yes, on this one. All right, Matt, what did you have? Uh, Medusa never at ringside. Ooh, that's a good one. I had Medusa looking like she was auditioning
1: for In Living Color as a fly girl. But uh, it's a timely reference. What a I thought touch, so. Sean, I'm proud of you for
3: that. I thought that was a good. I thought that was. A no, good it one. is
1: good. It's yeah, I'm saying like good
3: job. She had, she had the whole J- Jenny up from the block hat on. I mean, I thought it was pretty good. All right, don't be, don't be
1: fooled by the rocks that she's got.
2: Hmm. Uh, she's
1: still
3: she's I'm still just, Jenny from the block. I'm just Jenny yeah,
2: from uh-huh. the that's right. All right, was the <laughs> except she's I'm just I'm just Dusa from the block.
3: Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, first note is poor Brad Armstrong with. Uh, this face team of suck. That was the first (laughs) thing I wrote. Uh, JR applause. Oh, here's the, I love this. JR applause, JYD for losing 50 pounds. And then J. So we should all be happy. JYD has lost 50 pounds guys. Aren't you happy for JYD? All right. JR mentions the all new Saturday night show debuts next week. Jesse will be there too. And he plugs the new format. Brad and Aaron does do some uh, decent chain wrestling to start. Uh, Brad and Bobby also match up well when they're in the ring. Austin gets stuck uh, with PN News and a bear hug. Uh, JR says Austin always looks good, which we know is wrong. Austin takes the ping pong spot that Aaron usually does. Uh, JYD comes in and does a whole bunch of suck, yanking Austin's arm. Uh, JR says he doesn't know. He says that <laughs> this is the worst line ever. JR says that JYD doesn't know karate, but he knows kafist and Kafoot. Did you guys catch that line? Jesus.
0: Yeah, I cringed so hard that yeah. I was like negative three. I,
3: I literally listened to that <laughs> line, and I literally paused it for a minute and rewinded it to make sure I heard it, heard it correctly. There's it's um, K'Fist ca- and Kafoot. Ca- K'Fist <laughs> ca- and ca- foot. Arn, uh, Arn sells for JYD, uh, and then uh, the rest of the Dangerous Alliance has to as well. Uh, later on, uh, Armstrong takes the face and peril spot. Austin actually hits a suplex, which I was very happy that was not a chin lock, Uh, Arn hits a spine buster, Uh, Bobby, um, Brad does a leapfrog, um, Bobby causing him and Austin to collide. Uh, There's a tag to news. He takes on all three Dangerous Alliance members, all six get in the ring. PN does an avalanche to Arn. Then there's a belly to belly, and then Bobby comes off the top rope um, uh, and and then uh, puts Arn on top for three. I don't think this match was awful as it could have been. I thought there was really good heel work by the Dangerous Alliance um but i think armstrong deserves kind of the mvp here austin is the lvp of course in uh, another match but um, austin worked or i'm sorry uh, armstrong worked his ass off in this match so i'm gonna go two and a quarter stars and a lot of it is for the he'll work by the alliance and because of armstrong so logan i'll go to you what did you think
2: uh yeah i went two and a quarter as well like you said armstrong i i, I made another note like kind of like with josh earlier uh, you know, Armstrong maximizes minutes here. Uh, he he hasn't been somebody super featured for us uh, in this podcast, but he uh, really really makes it. Hey
3: counter- now,
2: Ara Yeah, Narachnachnara. But yeah, I, I thought he really took advantage of the of the ty- of the space he was given here. Uh, taking it to everybody he's in the ring with. Um, I made this note early, uh, so as the match went on, it kind of changed, but I said, if you like watching the Dangerous Alliance get their ass kicked, this is the match for you, because at that point, when I wrote that, they had been getting their ass beat the whole match. But after that, uh, the Dangerous Alliance does have a pretty awesome beatdown of, of Armstrong. Armstrong plays a really good face and peril um and then uh i feel like it's been a minute but the match ends with the shift special so uh eden flies off the top rope and hits the guy and then they roll over and pin him so uh yeah two and a quarter yeah i couldn't really see on the
3: angle what it was it didn't look like a knee it didn't look like the leg drop it looked like he came down basically with a fist i don't know
0: what it was Mm -hmm. i couldn't see i think he hit the
2: knee but I, i could be wrong but
0: yeah it was an odd angle uh shift what'd you think of this Okay, I thought this match was going to be butt by the people involved in it, but I was pleasantly shocked. Never judge a book by its cover. Um, I said, Brad doing it all. Other two idiots shouldn't get in the ring. And then my next note is, PN News has a bear hug on Austin. This has been a long three minutes. Um, I will say that uh, JYD almost killed Eaton on a body drop. And then uh, it was pretty bad when uh pn news and jyd were in the ring but when brad was in it um it picked back up uh brad got killed with a spine buster and then this this was a fun uh move right here arn had a boston crab on brad and austin tagged in and hitting with an elbow drop which i thought was pretty nice and then we have another collision guys like come on we, like what are we doing um and then we had the like i said the shift special i went like two and a quarter on this all right so we got three two and a quarter susa what would you think
1: yeah, uh, this could have been a lot worse than it was. Like, you you look at this match on paper, this had potential to be, like, dud territory near the bottom of the barrel for the matches we've watched, but it actually wasn't that bad. And I think it was because they, they booked this match pretty smartly. Like, they kept Armstrong in there for the bulk of it and had, like, uh, JYD and PN News kind of pick their spots. And, it, like, I don't think JYD looked all that great, but I thought News actually didn't look all that bad, considering, but, like... JYD really has no business being in a wrestling ring at this point. Like, he fucking makes Larry look spry (laughs) at this point. So, like, I don't know. I think it was smart that they kept him to a minimum and had him pick his spots and let Armstrong kind of work the bulk of this match. So I I thought that was pretty smart. Cause like, I think if you have a JYD or a PN news work, the bulk of this match, this is like a disaster. So definitely better than expected given who was on the uh, non dangerous Alliance team. So I went, uh, I went two stars on it, which when you're expecting this to be like a half star I'll take. So two stars for me. All right. So, so what do we got there, Logan?
2: I'm just going to go two and a quarter because I'm going to ignore that Matt didn't give it two and a quarter. Good lord. Wow!
3: Imagine a two and a quarter star match with JYD and PN News in it.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, That's amazing. I'll just go
3: fuck myself. (laughs) All right, our sixth and final match of tonight, Rick Rude versus Marcus Alexander Bagwell in a nine-title match. I don't know why we've had two Rude matches. He should have put the title up both times. There was no reason not to, but, I mean. Anyway, uh, tonight we are fat... Out of shape, inner-city scumbags. I feel like that
2: was kind of a cop-out. Not Swing a good
3: one. Swing and a miss.
2: Yeah. 2.19 uh, is the real rating for the last match. All right,
3: 2.19. Okay. JR trying to sell Bagwell as buddies with Ricky Steamboat when I thought it was Sting you as buddies with, so I don't know when Bagwell and Steamboat became good friends. Uh, Root actually hits a suplex. Uh, then he does what Root does and hits a ch- does a chin lock. Then he does a clothesline. Then he does more chin lock. Uh, JR even makes a comment about Rude keeping it basic, which popped me a little bit. Uh, that's kind of JR shitting on Rude a little bit. Rude then hits a neckbreaker and a pile driver and a, and a back suplex, which shocked me. Uh, Steamboat comes out. Uh, Rude is rolled up for two, and I legit thought at that moment that Bagwell was going to pull out an upset. Uh, but then he hits a Bagwell for the Rude Awakening for three. And then Rude and Steamboat go at it to close it out. Uh, the locker room empties out, and it's just like a full-on, just violent brawl where the locker room is trying to uh, get these guys separated. And I really feel like if anything uh, they have really done a really good job, even post super brawl, like more so than they did pre-super brawl, really, really pushing it forward on the steamboat Rude feud. And they pushed steamboats intensity and how intense he's gotten. And they've really made it more of like a blood feud, which I think has been really, really good. Um, and rude absolutely dominated this match. And, uh bagwell uh definitely has become the jobber to the stars in this time frame which to me basically devalues anyone that's in a ring with him for a long period of time so i actually went two stars on this i thought this is a pretty good squash shift i'll go to you what'd you think
0: yeah i went <laughs> two stars for the squash as well um finally we see a squash here and i'm shocked it's bagwell and i like how they still focused on the neck um which is something we've seen play out the past two episodes, and um, are, are we going to talk about the post match angle? Yeah,
3: yeah, I just, I just did. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, uh, I just loved how. Sorry. Thanks um... for listening. Thanks. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> But uh, I love how like then Steamboat, like how we talked about how Steamboat was like more aggressive and we can't, the locker room tries to break them up, but they're still battling as they go off the air. I thought that was a very nice touch and shows how this is now a blood feud. And it shows more importantly how Rude has transitioned more to to feuding with uh, Steamboat 100% instead of like a 50-50 timeshare that we had with Sting and uh, Steamboat. Now it seems to be 100% Steamboat. Yeah, I thought good shit here. Uh, Logan, what'd you think?
2: Yeah, I went to as well. Um, my first note says th- this has to be the record of time, uh, the re- the absolute record of time elapsed in a rude match before he locks in a fill in the blank lock. So um, yeah, I, I feel like he didn't lock in a chin lock or an arm lock or a chin or, you know, just any kind of lock uh, for a while in this one. But um, as far as rude squashes go, thought this was one of his better ones. Uh, I thought Bagwell sold, sold pretty good for him. And he l- mixed in some interesting moves and then just do arm lock, chin lock, head lock, you know, all that good stuff. So I thought it was pretty good. All right. And
3: Susan
1: close us out. Yeah, I mean, this was a fine squash. Uh, I did go a star and a half, but in an effort to make Logan not do math, I will bump it up to two. Yes. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoyed the finish of this. Like, I thought the finish was really well done. With Bagwell uh, finally getting one up on Root after getting his shit pushed in for the entire match. And then Rude getting pissed off, stops fucking with him, and then ends it quick. So I, I really enjoyed that part of it. But, I mean, outside of that, Bagwell got exactly zero offense in, and this was uh, a pretty basic squash. So, uh, two stars for me. All right. So Logan, what's the total two, two.
3: All right. So that closes out. Big
1: well, <laughs> sense.
3: All right. So yeah, uh, it does. So, yeah. This closes out our episode tonight. So overall gents, I would say this is a much better watch than our last episode. Cause we got a four star banger. Uh, we had a really pretty good tag team match and then, uh, some solid six bands <laughs> and some solid matches overall. So uh, we will do our end of show awards. So I will go to worst match. Matt Souza.
1: Oh, that's me. Uh, worst match. I will go with uh, as much as I enjoyed that six man. I think I got to go with that six man. Ooh, Logan.
2: Uh, I didn't hate the last match, but I'm going to go rude back. Well, that's just my lowest rating. So, Sorry.
1: oh yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'll go with that. That's a good point. Hmm. Schiff. Austin and
3: Rick Steiner. Ah, you're fucking full of it. Okay. <laughs> you want me? Okay. Uh I'm actually going to go Rude versus Bagwell. So,
2: it's not uh, that it was bad, it just
3: Yeah, I mean out of all of it,
2: it's just a match.
3: It was just a night full of solid tonight. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'll go. That's uh, <laughs> I'll not go. too, too minutes, easy. Too hey. easy. Way too fucking easy. Hey, hey, now. Uh, best match. I mean, I think it's pretty universal on that one. Arm versus Steamboat. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep.
3: All right. Uh, least dangerous. Uh, gonna be Austin for me again. Austin. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I feel it like it has. Mm-hmm. feel like it has to be. Yeah. All
3: right. Um, you know. Uh, most dangerous. I'm gonna have to go with Arn because of his perf- because of his performance tonight. So it's gonna be Arn for me. Yep. Yep. Arn. Arn's the leader yeah, on this one. That's easy. Yeah.
1: If Arn if it hadn't have been Arn,
3: it would have been rude for that squash he did against uh, mm-hmm. for Bagwell. But it's see, good.
1: I don't know if it would have been rude because he had those awful fucking promos.
3: Well, no, no, did. No, I did, but I really liked his squad. I think he looked super strong in that thing with Steamboat in that mm-hmm. uh, his brawl and everything. Yeah, both of
2: his matches were good, too. Yeah, so I both
3: mean, his matches were great. decent and different. I don't know. But it's definitely Aron for sure. But Anderson had that banger with Steamboats. So. Yeah, so there's no doubt, Anderson. All right, so yep. where does that leave us? So we're still so.
2: Austin Austin now has eight least dangerouses, <laughs> and that is uh, four most dangerous for for Arne. Eight
3: out of nineteen. Holy shit! Wow.
2: And Impressive. Root has Root has five, so that's thirteen out of nineteen. Jesus, one of them
3: that is that is absolutely nuts. All right. <laughs> So, all right. So, um, on a scale of uh, one to five, on the journey, this is much, much better than last episode, I think. Um, I this one's tough because I feel like they really moved the feud with Rud and Steamboat forward really, really well um, on numerous things. I'm trying to think else what else they moved forward here. Not really a whole lot. That's pretty much the primary focus, in my opinion. Um, you know what, I'm going to go three out of five because I really, really enjoyed the build they did with with that feud. So, Logan, what would you think?
2: Yeah, I, I'm going to go three for the same reason. I feel like the alliance didn't look super bad in this one either. I thought they looked pretty strong in, in, in some of the matches for the most part uh, outside of maybe Austin. Um, but, yeah, definitely definitely a better, much better uh, output than last time.
1: All right, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I went zero on the last one, so you can only go up from there. So I'm gonna go three for a lot of the reasons you guys said. Uh, the Arn Steamboat stuff really carried the bulk of the uh, the angle advancement on this show, and I, I think it was uh, really better for that. The promos were meh, but I mean, when you get a match like Arn Steamboat with a good feud like that, I mean, I think you f- I feel like you have to reward it. So I'll go three on it.
3: Yeah. By the way, if you really think about it. This has not been a a pod full of heavy promos. It seems like the promos have been Mm -hmm. heavier Mm -hmm. recently. So, with this new four back coming, I imagine we'll get more of that. But it's been so it's, I'm glad we're getting some promos interjected, but clearly out of practice. (laughs) Clearly out of practice. Uh, Shift, what'd you think? Uh, Same. Three out of five. All right. Excellent. All right. So, before we do some plugs, would you like to hear what we're watching on our next episode, gentlemen?
1: I don't yes. like your, to- I don't like your tone.
3: All right. We will be covering April the 4th through April 18th, 1992. So let me cover the matches that potentially could be very, very good. So Ricky Steamboat, Barry Wynnum and Dustin Rhodes versus Rick Rude, Austin and Arn Anderson. Mm-hmm. Bobby Eaton versus Ricky Steamboat. Yep. Okay. Let me see. Aaron Anderson versus Brad Armstrong. Okay. All right. Now let me talk about the ones that could be a big ball of suck. Oh boy, <laughs> it's a very it's a very heavy episode. Next episode we have eight matches. So, uh, Jesus, for the TV title, two out of three falls. Tom Zink versus Steve Austin. That's mm-hmm. the first uh, Saturday Night Show with the new format. Oh good, uh, this one might not be terrible. Aaron Anderson and Bobby Eaton versus Simmons and Big Josh.
1: Yeah, that could be all right.
3: Okay. Uh, the long-awaited return of Matt Sousa's favorite tag team, the Freebirds versus and Zabisco. <sighs> well, oh.
2: I'm uh, ready for that one. Yep. Oh,
3: Brad Armstrong, Marcus Bagwell, and Tom Zink versus Rude Anderson and Austin. Eesh.
0: Interesting.
3: And the final match of The Watch, two out of three falls, Larry Zabisco versus Akita Koloff. Well, gee whiz, at least you're ending the show with a banger. Yeah, Lord. I mean, I think we have a nice uh, potpourri of uh, great Is that for the Western States Heritage title? It is not for the oh. Western However, however, you, hey, here's a great throwback for you. You do know, Matt, because you made a reference. In 1988, Zabisco and Koloff had a match for the AWA world title in the AWA.
1: Oh, well, I'm sure that's a five star banger with 17 minutes of rest holds in an 18 minute match. How is that for coincidence, though? Much like what this match will probably be. Yes,
3: yeah, so I know you look greatly forward to that. So oh, uh, I can't wait. So uh, plug time, as
0: always, Shiflet, you're first. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got uh, YouTube Roulette, which um, has Souza, Logan, and myself, and Jumbalaya Jake Williams on there. Um, we have uh, Traders of the Lost Ark, which is the comic book pod. That's on the PTB and Pop Experience. Also, on the PTB and Pop Experience is Play While You Listen, which is my video game podcast. I finally got it right this time. Um, I can't really think, I don't think I do it. I think I'm good.
2: All right, Logan. Um, Chicken Salad, Starflation, do that with Callum and Ben. Uh, Highway to the Impact Zone. Uh, everybody but Schiff is on that show. Uh, that's on this pod, along with Lewis, uh, Ben, and Jake. Um, We're about to do a lockdown episode. Well, we will have done lockdown by by this point. Um, But yeah, just we're trudging through 2006, uh, having a good time doing those live watches. Um, Who's next? I do the current day NXT pod with Andy. Talking Docs is a pod that I do with Jennifer Smith and Cowboy Roger Morissette. And we will actually have a new Lucha Underground pod uh, coming uh, after this pod wraps up called Linking Up Luchas. So yes. uh, looking forward to getting that one started. Uh, credit to the name goes to Scott Jifflin on that one. So, yeah. All right.
3: Uh, yeah, so after this episode, we only have four episodes to the end of this pod. So um, the new Lucha pod will be uh, taking the spot of this one mm-hmm. here on North South Feed after that. So uh, looking forward to doing that. I have never watched lucha underground but uh back in uh about five years ago when i used to be on youtube roulette i know we watched a couple mm-hmm. of uh lucha matches and i absolutely loved them so i look forward to that one for sure mm-hmm. uh yes you can find me on traders with scott uh by the time you heard uh, logan bring it up uh lockdown episode uh by this time this is recorded i may or may not be on that episode i'm <laughs> scheduled to be on that episode as of
0: this recording <laughs> It's
3: uh, 50/50. yeah and then uh nwa crack and roll will be, should be returning in june with uh logan and scott and i kicking off uh it'll be episode number 55 looking at all things that happened post bash 86 and all the title changes so it'll be a little bit of a different format trying to condense it a little bit but it will still say have the same kind of feel to it in terms i'm of
0: actually the- wearing that shirt right now
3: oh nwa crack and roll yeah well, thank you for representing sir. What a Mac. I appreciate it.
0: I actually but bought it before I was a guest host. Oh, well, thank you. Well, it was just a fizz, and, man.
3: And, and what I will plug also is that Colm is actually posting um, older episodes of some of the PTBN pods on mm-hmm. the YouTube page. So he is posting old NWA crack and rolls. He is posting highway pit to the impact zones over on the YouTube page. So good, give those a listen. Um, if you get a wild hair up your ass it's a lot easier than doing a search on the website just go on YouTube and search them on there so um, go give that a listen so uh, with that I am Sean Kidd uh, for Scott Schiff wait I don't think you asked Souza for plugs that's oh, quite I, a, That's oh, alright oh I apologize Sousa thank you I fucked up this time Sousa, <laughs> Plug, plug away sir
0: I'm good no you're not uh, you can listen to Matt Souza on Extreme 3-Way <laughs> Dance here on the uh, North-South Connection podcast with J.T. Rizzero and uh, Jenny Smith there, and currently in 1998, and we're seeing the rise of Just Incredible. Uh, you can also catch out Souza on uh, Highway to the Impact Zone, as mentioned earlier. We, we already
1: plugged that. Uh, uh,
3: GCW Pod.
0: The GCW Pod, which is awesome. Uh, yes, it is. And then you can also catch him on Piece of the Action. Uh, which is on hiatus right now. What, what's
1: had... my Twitter? What's my Twitter shift?
0: MSUSA97? Wrong. 99.
1: 1991. Oh, damn it! So Isn't is it, is it, is it there another SUSA pod?
0: Yeah, and it's Find definitely. It on Fight. What? Find It on Fight? Coming soon. It's uh, I, I think Zinc. <laughs> 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 Alright. On that note, Good night, everybody. We'll see you in two weeks. Good night.